Generally Speaking, About the Church, episode number 61. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of About the Church. You like how I did that with the, good. With the music? Little even. pauses. That's yeah. right. <laughs> Cliff Ravenscraft here. This is DG Hollums. And I'm Keith Rainey in the studio today. And uh, today we're going to just, uh, I think, generally speak about the church. And my computer's going to go a little AWOL. <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs> Uh, so, now, in the in the last episode, which we recorded like five minutes ago, uh, <laughs> but for those of come you, out a week later, exactly for those of you listening via podcast, you heard us last week. Um, I love the whole time jumping travel thing, nice. time travel, exactly. So uh, we are we are here today to probably let, we're going to test Keith out on on some of the. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, you heard that. Welcome to the hot seat. Welcome oh. to the hot seat. We'll that would be the... fun. We should have hot seat questions. Or oh, I thought I thought you were literally saying like make a seat really warm. Like <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that would be fun. Actually, <laughs> warmer. I, I got a heating pad upstairs. We're turn it up to eleven. Eleven. <laughs> no, seriously though, what we're gonna do today is uh, we are going to change gears and. Knows where it'll end up going, but I want to talk about something that I am just a little bit peeved about. Okay. I'd like to read to you an email that I got recently, and I'm not great at reading when I'm when I have this microphone in front of me, but I'm going to give it a try, uh, try here. And this is coming from somebody who is a believer in Christ and happens to be a family member, and I won't say their name, uh, and it, I will just say it's extended. It, it's 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 out there. <laughs> I was like, really? This is an email from Stephanie? That's no, 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 no. <laughs> And I'm so peeved about this. I'm so peeved. No, this this is this is one of this is one of my cousins, and it's probably one of I don't know. I've probably got eighty, ninety cousins, so I'm I'm safe here. All right. So greetings and happy Thanksgiving. All right. <laughs> Starts out pretty. Starts out pretty nice. I just wanted to tell everybody that I am so grateful to have each of you in my life. Ah. Can I ask you a question? Yes. Does they have like words in parentheses, like voice inflection here? No. Okay. No. No. Yeah. Say it this way. <laughs> Add sarcastic comment here. I pray that you all have a blessed day. It was difficult for me to decide who I thought would do. Now, do, do is actually in capital letters. Who would do this because many people claim to pray, but not everyone does. I hope I chose the right 12. Please send this back to me. Let everyone who received this message be blessed. Oh, no. Are you serious? There are 12 months, 12 disciples, 12 tribes of Israel. Jesus' birth is celebrated in the 12th month. There is nothing attached. Just send this to 12 others. Prayer is one of the best free gifts we receive. There is no cost, just a lot of reward. Make sure you pray in the name of Jesus, believing God will answer. Let today be all you need it to be. May the peace of God and the freshness of the Holy Spirit rest in your thoughts. Rule in your dreams tonight and conquer all your fears. 
God will manifest himself. I know she didn't write this. This is a foreword. Because I, I I know this, but she wouldn't write, God will manifest himself. Come on. God will manifest himself today in ways He is you have never experienced. May your joys be fulfilled and your prayers answered. I pray that faith enters a new height for you. I pray that your territory will be enlarged. Oh. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I do want to move that fence a little bit more in my neighbor's yard. But anyway. Pray and it shall be done. Exactly. I pray for peace, healing, health, happiness, prosperity, joy, truth, undying love for God. Now, here it is. This is, this is my pet peeve part. Send this to 12 people and remember to send this back. Then you'll see how God works in all of our lives. Suggestion, copy and paste rather than the forward. God bless you. <laughs> I like the end part. Please copy and paste. Don't forward this. <laughs> All right. So basically, my pet peeve is not just this one, mm-hmm. but I hate forwarded messages. Oh, I hate chain letters. They're, they are, they are I, I think it, it is worse than any virus your computer can ever have. I, I, Except I, for the I, fact that they're easy to get rid of. They are. No, they're not. <laughs> well, well, yeah. The actual letters easy to get rid of, but you keep getting them. You're right. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is it, and, and and I will be honest with you. There are there are several people who have sent me these forwarded messages. I sent I set the filter to automatically archive, skip the inbox, and all that stuff. But what I hate is when you have people that send you stuff that you know can you know on a an occasional basis you'll get an email that you don't want to miss. And so then it's that like that's what I'm saying. It's worse than a virus because they send you this that's crap true. all the time. But anyway, um, this one doesn't necessarily say it, but I I, I would like to talk to, just briefly um, to to my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. If you ever get an email that says if you do not forward this, then you must not love God. Don't feel guilty about deleting that message, or please do me a favor. Remove my name from your address book. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. You ever need to email me, cliff at ravenscraft.org. Easy enough. Just take me out of your address book. Yeah. So. Well, I actually had a lady at church uh, walk up to me. I guess this was, I don't know, three or four months ago. And she literally came up to me and said, I got this email, and it told me that uh, I would not love God in, if I don't send it off to 12 people or whatever. Is it true? She And, and she was being she, honest. I'm sure she was honest, yeah. She was honest. She was being very real. Um, and I just and – I, and I, at first, my first reaction wanted to be to laugh. I mean, it was yeah. everything a part of me to hold that back. I know that I had the fruit of the spirit in me because self control was being re- realized at that point, and I was just like, "Oh!" And I was like, "No, no, 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 not at all, not at all." And and she was not like a super elderly lady. I mean, she was like middle aged, um, and I don't know what middle age would be nowadays, but you know, she was in her forty or fifties, and I was just like, "Man, I just." I, uh, I like him. He just said 40 or 50s is in the middle age. That's not old. It's that's because like he's getting old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when I call somebody young, it's slowly moving up from yeah. college to from high school to college. That's <laughs> what so I'm calling young. But, uh, you know, it's just, it, it was just, it hurt. It hurt me. It hurt me that it hurt her. And, uh, and, I, and I don't think anyone realizes the, I am the not, guilt. I am not a guy that serves a God of guilt. 
at all. Mm-hmm. And, and that's one of the reasons I can't stand the whole uh, the whole um, Turner burn altar calls. Uh, because in my mind, that is truly making someone feel bad enough to say, you've got to have this. You need this so bad because you suck so, so bad. Come up forward. And 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 it's just, oh, my gosh, I, I, I really believe that God uses love and grace and forgiveness. <laughs> and I think that's how he wants people to come into a relationship. I, well, I, I will. You know, and, and, and I want to I want to we'll go. We'll, we can come into the deeper stuff in a little bit because I, I do want to lighten this up. But I do believe God also uses conviction as well. But that's not guilt. I know. There's a, a big difference. There's a difference. We'll talk about that. And maybe. I think these are talking about guilt. These yes. are not convicting No, you. this is not convicting. That, it's like, that. listen, if you love God, well, you... These, these right. are shallow. Exactly. I mean, the whole exactly. if you don't do this, you don't love God thing, I don't care what you fill in the blank with. Yeah. That is that is incredibly shallow. It yeah. is. And, and and the thing is, is, is I personally believe that you should not ever forward something where you personally do not formulate some additional thought or add something to it. I guarantee you that my cousin did not say, think to herself, God will increase your territory. Sure. sure, sure. What, what does that mean? Right. It's I mean, Jabez. It's, you yeah. know, come on. It's like, yeah. You know, it, a few it, years it, ago. Do you realize what year? It is? <laughs> yeah. The prayer of Jabez. Yeah. <laughs> So so anyway, the, the forwarded messages that it just they just get on my nerves. So what I what I'd like to do is I would like to take a moment to to and, and we none of this is planned. Okay. So um, what I'd like to know you want each of us to send an email. Yes. <laughs> yeah. If you love God, if you, you love will God. no. <laughs> if you hate these, please pass this to twelve people. To 12 people. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> No, what I'd like to know is what are some things that about Christians that you know of that just bug what DG would call normal people? What are some things that 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 we as Christians and 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 let let's be real, let's be honest. What are some things that maybe we have even done in the past that we're kind of even even uh, you know a little ashamed of and looking back and it's like oh yeah I, I was kind of a little green then. Are, are there anything? <laughs> are there any things like that uh, that that you have had happen in your life? And can you think of any things um, that that non-believing or non-Christians basically say? You know what? That Christianity thing is just not for me. I remember a quote. It was Gandhi, I believe. It says, "Listen, I have a problem with your Jesus." It's those Christians that drive me crazy, man. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah, and I, yeah. I, I think if, if if there's anything I've learned from doing this podcasting is that we have uh, – what's amazing is because of the way that we've gotten the word out about gspn.tv, about, you know, about 60% of our audience is non-Christian. Right. So more than half of our audience is non-Christian. And there is there is never a time that I've ever had anybody who's complained about – me sharing my faith in any of our shows it's never happened in fact i've i see comments coming it's like oh my gosh i i I never realized that christians could live in the 21st century and 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 uh i had no idea that that anybody who considered themselves to be a christian could watch you know a show like gray's anatomy and still call themselves a christian and 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 stuff like that and so there's these stereotypes out there so i'm i'm asking what kind of stereotypes are out there and some of them founded in in truth, and some of them that are just yeah, it's just not the way it really is. Can you guys think of any? Well, the first one that comes to mind, and it's based on a lot of what you just said, is the whole judgmental attitude. 
I mean, a lot of times we we would come across, and some of us do it innocently, some of us do it uh, by great purpose. But it's the whole judgmental attitude of, you know, I'm the church and I'm a Christian, and well, thank be to God, I'm better than you, mm-hmm. uh, and that turns people <laughs> off. That is not going to that that's not going to draw anybody to Christ. That's going to turn people away. From Christ, right now, let me ask you, Keith, uh, two questions. Mm-hmm. Number one, have you ever had that attitude before? No, <laughs> seriously, yes, I have. Okay, zero <laughs> what? You sure? <laughs> it's like wow. So, so you, you, and you, I don't lie either. <laughs> <laughs> so you struggled he just, with that he once just or jokes twice. in really short, periods. in really short periods. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I've definitely had those kinds of thoughts, that kind of attitude that. Um, I hope to try and recognize when it happens and or even later and, and uh, try to remedy it. But absolutely, I've had times like where I felt better than someone else, especially if, if somebody does something that irritates me or whatever. Definitely times when I have felt like I was superior or better. No right. question. Right. Yeah. And and I have certainly struggled with that. And 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 what's what's amazing and, and you recognize that that's inappropriate now mm-hmm. and 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 that you even said that you know when when you recognize that even if that does creep up again that you know sometimes it's unintentional uh that that we sometimes just get into this mode of thinking. But we, for non-Christians listening to this podcast, when there are plenty, is we want to say, if you've run into somebody like that, and that has been your experience, we're sorry on behalf of all Christianity. Sure. Uh, and the fact is, is that we've struggled with that, and, and it's just not the case that that's the way we mean to be. Mm-hmm. Right. And send us an address. We'll put a pipe bomb. No, I'm sure. Yeah. We'll take care <laughs> of it for you. A pipe bomb. No, yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Now, I, you know, I, I've always said that the greatest sign that should be in front of every church is not some cute little talking about rain or the voting or whatever else. What should be up there on every sign Seven is, days a week makes one week. Or, yeah, yeah. or seven days without prayer make one week. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it should not be that. <laughs> Those are done with. <laughs> but what it should be is we're so sorry. <laughs> you know, honestly, if you want to be able to be honest and real with the, with the world you live in, put something up there that says we are so sorry for what we, the church, have done to you in the past. Come in let's talk. You want to talk about a powerful, amazing sign that I still have yet to ever see. You try you try to <laughs> get anyone. that through the church board. Do you know how many marquee oh, lines are going to be necessary on that? I, the, the, I've I, been hopefully. in board meetings where they tried to decide. It's like, do we have one marquee line or two? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, nowadays they're electronic. You know, yeah, like there's yeah. a big Methodist church, or not a big one, but a smaller one. And I guess it's. What's right next to me? Erlanger. You know Erlanger what? Methodist I'll, Church. I'll never be able to think of the Methodist Church ever again the same way after today. <laughs> well, after last week's episode, uh, yeah. I should say. Because every, every time I go back, I'm going to be passing meth churches the all meth the church. <laughs> That's funny. I, I never thought about it until oh you gosh. said that last oh, yeah. week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, wouldn't that be so powerful to be able to say, hey, we apologize and we're sorry Please come in. Let's talk about you know. Let's talk about the pain. Let's right. talk about what the issues were. That like I've got a guy in one of my organic gatherings that um, I mean he literally attempted suicide several times because of the preaching at this one church, letting him know that he was never worthy to be with you know be in God's presence and and you know he'd get baptized and and it wouldn't and then something would pop up and he would have a temptation and then he would be told you got to get baptized again because you are not following you know and he just. 
And I'm, I'm having to deal with all those issues. Right. I'm having to do a lot of healing and a lot of love in people's lives because because of what the church has done to other people in the past. So anyway. Right. Now, Professor Allen asks in the chat room, and, the, and I love having a chat room even, even when they're asking pointed questions here, mm-hmm. such as this. It says, I know that uh, this show gets released a, a week later, but wasn't it the topic last week, <laughs> 30 minutes ago, uh, one where we, uh, where, where we show much judgmentalism? And I, I don't necessarily think that we show judgmentalism as no. much as we share our struggle with how do we approach and think about things. I think he's got. I, mean, I think he's got a good point that he's trying to get to. And one of the one of the things there is that when I mentioned the word judgmentalism just a minute ago in that that spirit of that attitude, I'm thinking about people feeling superior to someone else, where we feel like if you're not a Christian, you're inferior to us, and you, maybe you don't fit in, et cetera, et cetera. There is a need for the church to, to judge. make judgment on different issues. We have to make judgment. As people, we make judgments on different issues. Sure. And that's very appropriate. Is, isn't it, though I, – I, the thing is, is I think that judging I, – I think that we are called to judge our Christian brothers and sisters in a certain way, uh, or at least the church is. Uh, called to make judgment, sure. and, and 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 I'm reminded of a scripture that says, "Don't you know that we'll, we'll judge angels or something like that?" Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, it, it, so I, I believe there's a difference between judging Christians, people who claim to follow Christ, people who want to be a, uh, associated with the way, if you will, and and then judging those who are non-Christian as being less of you know less worthy or less of a, of a person or anything like that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Or did I just talk in circles and actually say nothing? <laughs> no, I think it makes sense. Okay. <laughs> so, okay, let's talk about what, what's another one. DG, uh, some, something that is out there as a possible urban myth or maybe an urban reality in the Christian faith. Just We need some Simpsons. Simpsons usually has some good stuff, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why my brain is just fried right now. The only thing that comes to mind is that we're cannibals, and that was way back in the first century. <laughs> yeah, we've dealt with that one. Just like, why can't I come up with something different? How about this? I, I think money, money's an yeah, issue. Like, was, as soon as you say, "Hey, please give your money," then you know everything's just kind of shot out the window. <laughs> so, so that's exactly what I was going to say. Is is that you know, is all 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 the church wants is my money, right? Mm-hmm. Is this true? Is it true that all the church wants is your money? Yeah. Well, I think you'd have to look from church to church or <laughs> location to location. As, as for God. I don't think all the body of Christ wants is your money. Right. But there are definitely organizations that, while it may not be all they want, but it sure is one of the top priorities is they're looking for your money. And that's a sad statement. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that's, that's really what I want to point out is, is the fact is that, that I have been a part of uh, churches in the past where I've seen that a majority of the discussion of the leadership revolves around who's tithing, who's not tithing. Sure. Uh, or if we're going to lose somebody, it's like all of a sudden if if somebody leaves the church, oh my gosh, do you know how much of a of the income of our church that takes away and 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 stuff like that. But the the thing, and of course, if you know, fifteen other people leave and they weren't tithing ever. The, it, there's hardly discussion about the fact that those people left. It's it's not that they don't care, but but there just seems to be this emphasis, hmm. which, which is a sad statement because 
the church, while it does need funds, it does need resources, it does need money, we ought to be counting first on God for our resources, secondarily on man. Tithing is not so much, or it's not as much about supporting the church as it is about being obedient to God. Now, there's obviously the aspect of supporting the church, but it's more about being obedient and faithful and, and operating in faith toward God. You know, the scripture tells us that God owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He's got plenty of money. So God we're going to be eating burgers money. for a long time. Amen. And, and I'm hoping, <laughs> I'm hoping steaks every once in a while. Okay. <laughs> but the money's there. The resources are there. The church needs to be faithful. And it doesn't matter whether it's tithing. It doesn't matter whether it's prayer. It doesn't matter whether it's teaching. Whatever the case may be, the church needs to be faithful and operate in faith. Yes. And I'm finding that even the people who are not calling themselves Christians, the normal people, would be more than willing to give money. Mm -hmm. But they're not willing to give money to an institution, and they're not willing to give money to a a professional clergy. We've had this discussion before. But they're more than happy to give money to one another if they see a need and to also other needs that are in the world as well. I mean, you know, whether it's low-income families or homeless or – you know, building a habitat house. I mean, they'll come out in droves in supporting of that oh, stuff. Absolutely. And um, and and so I think that you know, I'm just trying to give another view of how a normal person would be able to see. Hey, please give us money. You know, they also see. Wow, here's a church that just built a you know a five million dollar building. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When there are poor and starving people literally less than a mile away from this place. Right. And in their minds, and to be honest with you, in my mind, <laughs> I have issues with those things. I'm right there I with have you. Major, major issues with those things. And then you know, and, and they claim that they are so passionate about social justice and so passionate about other things like that, and yet they build these buildings that are for themselves. <laughs> they, yeah, they build what what can become mausoleums. Exactly, and it's 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 just very frustrating. Mm-hmm. And so I'm right there with them. I mean, so I think there's there's a truth to, to a lot of. Uh, a lot of the stuff that they might be thinking. I don't think that they're thinking these things. Um, well, I, if, if they are thinking about these bad things about Christians in general, it's probably based on a kernel of truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's and that's the issues that we're having to deal with as a church. Right. So see, here, here's mine, okay? The church I is... I thought the money one was yours. Well, the, the, well he was, that was DT. I stole it oh, from okay, him. sorry. sorry. So, so here's mine. Keith, you, you ready for your next one? Is that what it is? I'm ready. Hot seat. <laughs> All right, well... <laughs> Here's mine, though. Hey, let's pray for him and put the, hot burning coals on his head. The church is full of nothing but hypocrites. That's something that I think that is a perception of a lot of non-believing Christians or non-Christians. And I'm going to say that it's absolutely true. Because <laughs> define a hypocrite. What's a hypocrite? Someone who says one thing and does another. Says one, it, That's one definition. Right. And, and somebody who actually believes one thing. Not, maybe they don't say it, but they believe one thing, but they they don't live that thing out. That mm-hmm. they they don't live according to their beliefs. And someone who is hypercritical mm-hmm. is also a hypocrite. Okay, exactly. And so the thing is, is I I confess that I am one of those. It's not that I have been one of those. I am one of those. I, I struggle with so many different things. It's like I, I I try. It's like I've been trying to do this thing called living a balanced life. You know, where I'm focusing on my health, I'm focusing on spending quality time with my wife and kids, and these are these are these are priorities that are important to me. And and I find myself sometimes, you know, unfortunately dropping the ball over here and I focus then I say, Okay, well I got I dropped this ball, I need to focus over here and and then I let this it's like 
it, it just sometimes I feel as though, you know, I've been so passionate talking about this. And when I drop the ball, I feel like a hypocrite. You know, it's like I've been going on and on. It's like, see, you can do it. And I'll give you the perfect example. It's my walking. You know, I, used, I was walking five miles every day, five days a week. And I was just it's like I remember it was going for a whole month and a half. I was just rocking and rolling out there. And and I was recording my podcast. It's like, man, I never knew I could actually accomplish this. I'm keeping it up, and and I I've got so much more energy and so much more insight. It's just giving me great perspective. And then all of a sudden, there went like three or four or five days when I didn't do it, and then all of a sudden, I fell off the horse. And now it's like, oh, it's so hard to get back out there, and it's cold, and I've got all these excuses, and now I feel like a hypocrite. Because now, all over the world, there are lots of people who said, Cliff, I've been inspired to change my life and my physical health because of you. And and here I am, you know, sitting down, you know, working 14 hours straight, sometimes neglecting my duties as husband and wife and, and father. And, husband and wife. And husband and father. We were wondering about that one. And, and I'll end the day with like 800 <laughs> steps and I'm like, what a hypocrite I am. You know, because I know... I need to walk away from this and I need to go out and I need to walk. But at the same time, and it it comes down to a faith issue. It's like, do I trust God? You know, where's my provision? Is it me creating content? Is it me doing consulting work? Is it me working on this next income stream? Is it, or should I just trust God, break out my Bible or, or do something and, and spend some time alone with God, get outside and walk for an hour and just trust God will provide with it, knowing and that you know he, he's got everything in control i understand i have to do my part mm-hmm. and i sure. need to work hard sure but yeah. sometimes i i struggle with just working 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 and i feel like a hypocrite so well, and i think in the church there's even even taking it to another level is because we will come up with our our obviously our rules regulations and our our 10 things that you don't do you know you don't you don't drink, you don't chew, and you don't go with girls who do. You know, that's that's our nice set of rules, all these things that we do. And we talk about, you know, no drinking, no this, no that, no this. No and swimming in public. Exactly. All those all those rules that we come up with. And then all of a sudden we'll be caught gossiping about someone, but we didn't mention that one in our set of rules. And I think that's where people outside the church look at us and say, Well, great, you don't drink. You don't go to dances or whatever. But yet you gossip and you backbite and you tear people down. To me, that is the epitome of being mm-hmm. a hypocrite. Yes, sure. sure. Yes. So, I, 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 one thing I will say, and, and, and the truth is, is that churches are full of hypocrites. I mean, I mean, I, I've never been to a church that didn't have them. And hypercritical people or any other definition of hypocrites, you are going to find them there. But the one thing I will say is if you ever find the perfect church, whatever you do, don't go there. Yeah, as soon as you walk in. You'll, you, well, the thing is, is you'll screw <laughs> you it up. You'll mess it up, yeah. You'll mess it up. <laughs> you'll mess it up or you'll find someone who has. Exactly. So so the, the deal is, is that um, for, for people who are non-Christians, it's just the fact of life that we people struggle with issues such sure. as, as hypocrisy. Sure. And, 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 and the thing is, though, there are people, and I will say like myself, and not, not to put myself on a pedestal, but there are people who understand and recognize their own hypocrisy and not, are not happy about it and who are daily striving to live a better life, improving and growing and maturing 
And and I will tell you, we we gain. I gain victory over certain things uh, on a consistent basis. And and I'm and basically what happens is God reveals new things for me to work on. Right. right. And so uh, the thing is, is there's God's not through with me yet, and He's not going to be done anytime soon. It doesn't look like so, <laughs> based upon my experience. Well, a new one now. If you well, Keith's next, man. Oh. Next. No, go ahead. All right, go ahead. I was just going to say, I'm going to see to the gentleman on the right. All right, <laughs> Professor Allen actually said, non-intellectual or non-science. There's a lot of preconceived ideas that Christians oh, are just yeah. stupid, ignorant um, people that are believing in something that is that was. Are you a myth man? to begin with? How dare you even put all your life and hope in all this stuff? You are just ignorant, ignorant, ignorant people. Right. Yeah, um, and I think that's that's, and I found that definitely because I'm a geek. I like to hang out in the geeky places. So I go if you go to dig dot com, if there's ever an article about about um, stupidity of Christianity, you're going to get a whole bunch of flaming and all kinds of stuff. But it really is mainly just a bunch of technology people that have completely sold into the religion mm-hmm. <laughs> of science because it slowly becomes that way. I mean, as soon as sure. you start talking Big Bang, no one really knows. <laughs> And you start becoming into theology. There's this, there's this move that's going on there, um, but uh, but it's just it's really really an issue I think uh, among a lot of normal people is looking at Christians and saying, you guys are really sweet and you just you're just ignorant. You're just really really dumb ignorant people. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I wish you guys could wake up and realize that science is disproved. Blah blah blah. You know, just stuff like that. So and that and that's really sad too because if you look at the history of the church. There's a great history of great thinkers, including scientists, mm-hmm. that were very devout Christians in the church. I mean, I think of uh, Sir Isaac Newton. Sure. I mean, you know, you think of a great scientist, you think of, of people like Isaac Newton, and he wrote several poems and hymns and very devout, devoted Christian. You think of Galileo and other people. These were men of faith. Yep. And and we've had a great history of thinkers and scientists and things of that nature. Yeah, and if if, if there's any if well if there's any or, or Christian organization in the world, which I would say is the largest, the Catholic Church. You look at the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church uh, basically is is probably more accepting of science. Uh, in in evaluating faith than any other Christian Absolutely. organization out there. There's actually within um, the Vatican. There is a a science organization funded by the Vatican with millions of dollars to do research into all manner of scientific theory, et cetera. And sure. some of the greatest scientists in the world either work there or are partners. Yeah, uh, with that with that organization. So, my favorite episode of Lost, the TV show, was a title, uh, an episode titled "Man of Science, Man of Faith," and in, and a lot of people thought it was two different characters that it was talking about, it was the, but it, it was but it, but it was the same character. It was is one guy, and it's talking this 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 is a guy who's who is trying to to he's he's a doctor, but he's he's struggling with any any ounce of having faith, if you will. And and the fact is, is is the reality of this is that you can be both a man of science and a man of faith. Absolutely, I love sure. this topic. This is, this is I I have a history as a scientist. I mean, I was a, an engineer and scientist uh, before I was a pastor. I love this topic because I don't find near as many contradictions between science and God as I do complementary things between mm-hmm. science and God. I, absolutely. And um, you, you, whether you disagree or agree with them at all, 
I will tell you that. No, oh, here we go. We answers, answers in Genesis is all about trying to use science to prove, uh, or not to prove, but to to give complementary evidence mm-hmm. to some of the things that they believe. Now, again, whether or not, and, I'm and totally giving you a hard time. I know you are. <laughs> uh, we we know that Cliff, Cliff has, leans a little bit more on their side uh, than than DG. So, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, when are you going to have Ken Ham on this on the show? We should have Ken in here. He he would come. <laughs> he probably Ken, would. Ken Ham, Mark Loy, I know all those I, guys. I, yeah, especially if you tell him how many listeners you have. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, but basically, uh, Keith, you, you said you had another one. You were ready. What what's another one? I've already forgotten it by now because oh. we got to talking about one we I got really like. You were passionate <laughs> yeah, about. one I'm passionate about. Now I forgot it. Thanks a lot, Professor. Allen. Yeah. <laughs> No, seriously. Uh, what are some other things that, that people think? Um, what that, what's what's Professor Allen saying? That's actually part of the problem, Cliff. I don't know. Is that the history? Well, I don't know. Maybe I don't know if he's talking about this his previous comment or not. Okay. So I think, I think those are all just you know issues that I think the church needs to be they need to be aware of them. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I don't think they're ever going to be aware of them unless they get outside the walls that. and actually start having conversations with people. Okay. Oh, 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 I got something I want to say. All right. Go ahead. All right. So I'm sitting in Starbucks, my office, and uh, the one on uh, Mall Road, and just working away, working away, working away. This older lady comes in. I'd say she's not older. I don't know. Maybe 50s. Uh, comes in. And hands, Keith, did you hear that? She's young. She's, she's middle young. aged. She's, <laughs> she's just a babe. Forty five middle babe. aged, fifties old. Yeah. <laughs> really, really. For now. For now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we're talking about science. It's I like, can't, it could be really baby. I can't, I can't wait till we come in here and do our twentieth year yeah. anniversary. <laughs> it's not hard to imagine with modern technology and all the money I make, I could live to be two hundred and fifty two years old. <laughs> So anyway, this lady comes in with a book, and the book is Lee Strobel's Case for Christ. Uh-huh. That is who wrote Case for Christ, correct? Yes. Okay, just make sure. I don't, I don't want to mess it up. So she hands him the book, and she, this is the guy. He's, he's working right now. Like, he's working the, the drive through window. And she's like, can you get his attention? Thank you, Brent. Come over here. Here's a book. I want you to read it, and I want you to tell me what you think about it, because it reminded me of a conversation we had in the drive through and then his immediate response was, and I think this guy's from the north, because <laughs> you know they'll just be a little bit more blunt. <laughs> and he looked at the book, and he looked at her, and he said, why do you assume that I'm not a Christian? That was his first statement. And she was, you know, she was just fumbling. And, and she said, well, some of the conversations we had, I just, you know, just read the book. If you don't like it, then you can throw it away or you can give it to somebody else. Just give it to somebody else. I just went out and bought it. I just now went out and bought it and brought it to you because Family Christian Bookstore is right beside, you know, close to the, the Starbucks. And he, and he just, he looked at her and he said, I've already read this. Mm-hmm. And she goes, well, what, what do you think about it? And he's at work. I mean, this guy is I'm like. I'm working. <laughs> she, and she just did not, you know, she just didn't quite grasp it. And. Anyway, and so she she eventually left, and then I overheard him talking that he went to a, a, a specific church here in town. I won't talk about <laughs> uh, it's what a the local church one was. we can pray for. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Nice. Uh, they changed their name, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Crap! Now we can't pray for them. <laughs> they changed their name. Gosh. Anyway, the um, that changed their name, Lord. <laughs> and and he was really frustrated by that church. He'd been hurt by that church. Uh, and things like that, and um, and and here we here's another here's another here's another perfect example. Uh, take care, Professor. He's got to go. 
Um, a perfect example of she was expecting a book to be a relationship. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's, it, honestly. Mm-hmm. And and uh, and so you know here's a and, and and he was a Christian. He claimed to be a Christian. Yeah. And yet she took it as oh he's he's questioning so therefore he's not a Christian so I'm going to give him a book. And, and it really, really frustrated me. I wanted to write a blog post. I think I did write part of it, and I just stopped it because I realized I needed to calm down a little bit. Well, that's, but that's that's a huge issue of you know of how people see Christians. I'm sure she thought. I mean, she was she had the best of intentions. She had the best of intentions. Yeah, she felt absolutely. She was following God as best as possible. She probably, probably took her probably a lot read of the courage book. to do that too. Oh yeah, she probably yeah. read the book. Her pastor said, "Read this book. It's great. Give it to anybody who doesn't know Christ." You know, kind of a thing, and it was really, really frustrating for me to be able to to be a part of that conversation or listen to that conversation. And I talked to him afterwards when he was off on his break, where he could actually talk, <laughs> and just said, "You know, hey, dude, I'm, you know, I'm sorry, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry about that." And, you, and and I just said, "You know, I'm sure she had the best intentions." And he goes, "Oh yeah, 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 I'm sure, you know, and stuff right. like that." But what a perfect example of that is a perfect example. Like um, and and, and, and this podcast is is definitely proof that you can be a Christian and still have questions. Uh, so and and it, it, you know it, it's it's it doesn't mean that you're a non Christian just because you're seeking new truth or new ideas and 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 trying to understand things and you don't have that. Maybe that's another one of of myth of Christianity that Christians believe they know it all. That they got I think it. that falls into the whole hypocrisy okay. or segment or judgment. Yeah, okay. judgmental. Well, then I do have another one, and and and, and DJ, you you, ta- you you touched on it, but I think I, I'd like to to hone it in a little bit more. Is is the fact that um, the 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 church just seems out of touch. They they irrelevant. Ju- they're irrelevant. They yeah. they have they have no clue what life is like outside their pearly gates of around their their campus if you will um and 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 that is true to the most point and unfortunately overall uh but i see it i i do see a shift changing uh i i do see this one changing um i see more and more churches getting l- less and less focused on their building now the, the truth is there's still plenty that do oh, it sure, of course. but i i'm seeing a shift for more and more churches who are taking Sunday school classes out of their building and 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 ha- meeting inside the homes in the communities where they live, uh, which is I think is awesome. I see groups of people within churches instead of serving each other potluck dinners, they're serving homeless people and starving people, and 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 they're getting involved in projects uh, in the community and serving the community. Um, I'm not seeing this happen as quickly as serving because a lot of people would prefer to serve than to build relationships. But I think the next thing that I'd love to see the church do is to have more emphasis on building relationships with non-Christian people and not for the expressed uh, purpose of winning them to Christ, Christ, but just to build and invest in relationships in people's lives because they're people. You know, and, and God loves them, and God has called us to love them, right? You know, it, it's, and especially people who, if you were to know to know them, though, especially those people who, when you meet them, you think to yourself, if there was a scale of one to ten on whether or not I feel like this person would ever become a Christian, um, I and and I admitted this a long time ago. There, I used to be. If you were on, if you were an 
a 7.5 or above on that scale, I would invest in a relationship with you. But if if you were below 7.5, chances are, you know what, you and I, we don't have anything in common. I, I really don't care. And, and you're yeah. never going to come around to validating the way that I think about things. Right. And and I will tell you that's exactly how I was. And I and I still today, I feel like I'm so – sometimes I feel I go too far on the other end to kind of make up for it. But the fact is, is I'm just – you know, what God has called me to do is to live my life as an example and to always be prepared to give the reason for the hope that I have. To when I do that, to do it with gentleness and respect. But what I've learned is just loving people that I don't have to be programmed in the back of my head. Look, okay, I'm having a conversation. Is this when I can mention God? Right. It's like, no, I don't have to do that. Yeah. It, God opens opportunities at the right place at the right time. Me just living my faith is enough. And when the Holy Spirit prompts me to say, okay, you know what? This person didn't bring it up, but this is a point where I want you to engage. Right. And that that occasionally happens, but but not nearly as much as I it's, used to force it. It's been my it's been my experience that the that the normal person will ask me about it. Mhm. Yeah. I will never even mention it. The only thing that they know right up front is that I'm a cultural architect, which is a fancy word for pastor. That's all they know. If they want to engage me with questions, I'll answer any questions and we'll talk about those things. But if not, then we're going to enjoy Twitter or we're going to enjoy, you know, a video game. No, Twitter should be banned. (laughs) Which, by the way, at this conference I was at. uh, Were they using Twitter? Twitter was up the entire time during, during the talk. And they basically asked everyone to make hash marks, you know, do the, do the Mm -hmm. number sign. I think it was like the great emergence T G E. Uh huh. And if you put that in there, then it would post it in front of everybody. And so on the big screen, on the big screen. So even people who were not present at the conference could ask questions and it would show up on the screen. Mm hmm. It was really, really cool. It worked out perfectly. Yeah. And then I could be able to find out, like, like anyway, I won't, I won't talk about it. But. <laughs> I, I have a good example of just happened to me the other day about what you were talking about a moment ago. Um, I was visiting in a, in a fellow's house that uh, I've known for, wow, probably almost 25 years. Older gentleman, he's 82 years old, okay? Um, and when we were talking, we were just talking about whatever. Just mm-hmm. talking about whatever was coming along. And he just outright said, you know, uh, you know, preacher, he calls me preacher. He says, you know, preacher, I'm about ready to give myself to the Lord. I said, that's pretty cool. Out of nowhere. Yeah, I said, that's pretty cool because I've known this guy for years. So you a spit take? Yeah. He was he was so uh, he's always been very supportive of me. He's always been very helpful. Always been somebody I could always count on, a good friend, things of that nature. But I never pushed him down the old Roman road or the four spiritual laws or the personal evangelism training bulldozer approach to getting saved. I just sure. built a relationship and you know showed that I really cared. And he said, "You know what? I'm about ready to give my my life to the Lord." And he says, "And when I do, it's just gonna be a matter of days. When I do, I'm gonna call you up and I want you to be here." Oh, well, that is so cool. That is cool. Yeah. That is that so is cool. cool. Well, that's something. Yeah, I mean, Jota, uh, one of my good friends. He was he's Japanese. He's in Lexington, and I just I met him in a fly fishing store. Really? <laughs> and I just asked him, "Hey, where do they show you to go fly fishing? Because I'm new to the area. Can I, you know, can you show me? We would go fly fishing together." And finally, just one day out of the blue, he sent me an email saying, "Hey, talk to me about Jesus and creation." Exactly. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, wow. Okay. Yeah. 
You know, and it led to amazing conversations in Barnes and Noble when they were kicking us out because we were there too long. Yeah, yeah. and I would buy him a Japanese Bible and in an English Bible so he could see how they're doing weird, funky translation stuff. And and you know, I'd say, well, just read one chapter and we'll get back. And he would read twelve books and <laughs> right. all these tabs in there for questions. And it was awesome. But I let the Spirit do the work mm-hmm. instead of putting all of the emphasis on me. Yeah, I truly let God do See, God's I think, job. Yeah, I think that's the key differentiator there yeah. is that we try to save them, right? Yeah. Rather than letting the Spirit, rather than letting Christ save them. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. The other thing that goes along with that, I think that people that churches, if they're going to teach people about evangelism, which I, I'm not opposed to evangelism by any stretch of the imagination, and I, I just think it should be more relational. Uh, but I, I think if 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 we could do one thing, and and that is quit inviting people to church. I, I'm serious. It, it drives me. It, it 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 doesn't make any sense for me to invite a non-Christian to church. Why and why not instead invite them to to Christ? Invite them to an understanding. And, and and there's so much emphasis now. I'm not saying you know there there is you know it says. There's the scripture that talks about the orderly worship and stuff like that, so that if a non-believer comes in, they will. It's like, wow, surely there is a God. I understand there's that aspect of it, but for more, for the most part, when I invite a non-Christian to the church, and, and they start seeing people wave their hands, and and depending on what church you have, maybe there's a hanky flying, and and depending on what church, you might have somebody doing like Mister Hanky, Mister Hanky, swinging flying? from the chandelier, <laughs> and people bringing out the snakes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, a little further south, yeah, uh, in Kentucky, east or, and west, east and west yeah, in Kentucky. Yeah. All right. So anyway, but uh, the thing is, is that I find that it, that seems to put some more blocks and barriers in the way of people being open and respond or um, yeah, responsive. No, uh, open to who God is, because sometimes I think if if a non Christian Christian walks into a church, they automatically some of those uh, urban myths, if you will, some of them are confirmed, even though they're not really right. Sure, and it's like, man, it's like, uh, they, yeah. I'd rather invite you to my family after you've grown to like me a little. Well, no, <laughs> well, that's exactly right. Invite them to dinner. Invite them to play a, you know, watch a movie at your house. Right. I mean, that's, develop the relationship. Invite them to a relationship is what I should have said. Exactly. Yeah. Which, which, in 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 essence, honestly, what that is is. Christ lives within us, and 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 really, it's through our relationship that they're exposed to who Christ is. Yeah, sure. So that well, exactly, because that goes back to your point of the whole relationship building. When we invite them to church, I sometimes think that that's a matter of that's the easy way out. Mm-hmm. I'll get them to church, and I'll let somebody else, i.e., potentially the pastor, get them saved. Right. It's about relationships. Exactly. Exactly. And a, and a great book for that, if anybody wants to know that, is called Evangelism Without Additives. What if sharing your faith meant just being yourself by Jim Henderson? Well, it depends on who yourself is. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All righty. It's written to Christians, by the way. <laughs> Let's see here. Um, to, to, oh, here, here's a good topic. Uh, an Anon5608 says, I'm sick of people saying we need to make worship service a place where normal people feel completely comfortable. A normal person should feel kind of weird being around a bunch of people worshiping a God they don't believe in. I think it, uh, I think it should be a little uncomfortable for them. Well, so basically we're talking about seeker-sensitive uh, yep. uh, churches. And you know what? 
I honestly I see a place for both, and and the only reason I can say that is because I am now involved very heavily and have have put a lot of energy, time, and and consider my church home uh, to be a place that is a seeker sensitive church, and 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 then cl- quite clearly the the weekend celebration is not for it's not. It's not its purpose is not geared towards the belie- towards the believer, but it is an experience for the non-believer. Hmm. I'm not a huge fan of it, to be honest with you, and 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 I just I. I but the thing is, is I, you know, I I don't want to be a consumer, so I'm I'm yeah. I'm not invested in this church because of what I quote unquote get out of it. Right. So while right. I may not say you know while I wish you know there might be some different aspects brought into the weekend worship. It, it is what it is, and the thing is, is people are coming there who um, respond to the to the actual um, what's what do you call that the phrase or the uh, catchphrase or the um, slogan, slogan the slogan, slogan of our church, which is uh, Watermark is church for people who have given up on church, uh, and there are a lot of people who r- relate to that. I know DG laughs every time, but the, a lot of people have given up on church. And this is a place where you can go to church for that, you know. Right. But but people respond and to in that. In reality, and they come. the people that are given up on church are not the normal people. Right. Yeah. They, they're the Christians that are fed up with the church for the most part. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. And so and so. But what I would go back is you know, he's talking about normal people. He's not mm-hmm. talking about ex church people or right. you know in a rut church people. He's talking about normal people. And you know, and, and part of me, a part of me sits there. I'm sorry. Part of me sits there and thinks. <laughs> It really wasn't for you, right? <laughs> you know, you know this understanding of worship. If you don't have a relationship with this God, how in the world could I ever expect you to understand or get or participate into worship? Yeah. The problem that's I a have good, that's a great challenge. The, you know? the problem I do have with seeker service churches, seeker sensitive churches, uh, is the ignorance that I think sometimes is born out of it. Um, and what I'm talking about is the fact that when I went to the Nazarene Church, for example. Um, I heard terms I never knew before: sanctification, justification, um, you know, um, premillennial and postmillennial, tribulation, Trinity. Uh, these words were tossed out in sermons left and right, and and many times they were explained. Sometimes they were just given in context, and and it was assumed that you maybe knew or had some kind of understanding of that. And and what I found is that I was oftentimes engaged. And and um, spurred on to go and say, okay, well, gosh, uh, they they mentioned sanctification four times, and and it was assumed that I knew what it was. Let me go find out what sanctification means, and I would investigate that. So, right. what I find in secular sensitive churches is they refuse to use Christianese, uh, the language of Christians that that where you don't understand. So, if you don't, if you have to explain it what it means, then they won't use that term in a seeker-sensitive church. And so now we have a whole lot of mega churches or seeker-sensitive churches where nobody's ever heard the term justified, salvation. Um, And, of course, the question is, is that a problem? But, you know, I I think that there, you know, I think that there is something valuable in understanding some of the things, like these words, the bigger words that are actually in Scripture, Sure. You know, what is well, sanctification? I, I think it's not stuff. just a matter of understanding the words. I think there's value in understanding the theology. Yeah. And it's important for us to grow as Christians through good, sound theology. So we have to have some opportunity, some time, whether it's going to be that worship gathering or whether it's going to be 
um, you know, what we call cell groups or teaching time or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. There has to be a time where we can get grounded in the faith through learning good, solid theology. Exactly. And and so th- and that's why the, one of the reasons why I'm comfortable with investing in Watermark is because uh, Watermark, it, the church where I'm at, they have they have an equal focus on these cell groups or home teams, they call them, as they do on the weekend service. So the weekend service is... You come there; it's not the end all, be all of what we do. In fact, it is it is thirty percent, thirty three percent of what we do. It's weekend service. There's living life together, and then there's serving together. And so that we're we're about those three things. And mm-hmm. and the and the week the living life together and coming together weekly on a basically we take the introduction of the topic that was there on Sunday, and then we come and we dig deep into the scripture and the theology of it in our home teams right. throughout the week. So Well and there's you know there's all different kinds of methods on how that happens and when that happens. Right. I, I think that a really thing that I think this is another one of those things that we were talking about what's the future of the church kind of emerging and stuff like that. I think that we're actually realizing that the first century way of bringing someone to an understanding relationship with Christ is probably more effective <laughs> for today than like it was uh, 2000 years ago and what that basically was was it was a long, long process. And I love uh, Ellen Hirsch is one of my favorite authors, and he actually talks about there being a need for pre-discipleship before conversion and then a post-discipleship afterwards. And how long that pre-discipleship lasts is, is you know, really completely up to God and that person. <laughs> and are we as a church willing to be able to develop relationships in that pre-discipleship time period to where they're having that relationship between, you know, wooing of the spirit and Wesley would call this prevenient grace. But um, is that time period? Are we providing that place for them and that time for them in relationships uh, with us, and so they can be able to? And that's and that's over the course of three years. And I think that would be so much more effective than just a class they take or something. You know, it's it's over the course of three to four years that they're asking, "What is sanctification?" They're asking you, Cliff, right. because you met them in the Starbucks and they can trust you. You developed a relationship mm-hmm. with you, right? And so you can say, "Well, the way I'm wrestling with it <laughs> is this," and you can be able to have healthy theological discussions and be able to come up with a better understanding of what's going on. And then they can be able to have enough time to have a real, true, authentic relationship instead of just a single altar call that says, "Here's the wedding ring to Jesus. Take it on." Very cool. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. We are going to go ahead and start wrapping up. We're already 54 minutes into this second episode, if you can believe that. Uh, We could sit here and talk all day long, every day, I think. Um, but maybe one day we'll eventually have like uh, gspn.tv. <laughs> it just we have di- r- random hosts coming. Yeah, that'd be awesome. But anyway, uh, we want to say thank we'll you. Have one of the lost actors <laughs> about Sweet. the church podcast. That'll be cool. <laughs> so basically, what we're going to do is we're going to say thank you to a special anonymous donor who has basically just asked, you know, hey, if you could just remind people each week to pray for a local church in your area that is not your own. And, of course, we we encourage you to pray for many other things as well. But uh, in your prayers, would you please remember to pray for, for somebody else's church, the health of that church, uh, the the you know, some of the things we've been talking about in this episode, um, and, and also make sure that you're praying for your own church. And uh, the one thing I will say is is let's let's spend less time judging other churches 
and looking at what they're what you know what we disagree with um because the, honestly they're they're over there in their church and you do things they disagree with but um i i think it's most important that we we as believers build relationships not with just non-believers yeah. but how about we build some relationships with some christians who yeah dress funny you yeah. know Seriously. And, and do it because you want to, not because you want to get them in the church. Right. Exactly. And, and the other thing is, is don't, don't use this time of praying for that church because that church is so bad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, they do have no clue what they're doing. I've got to pray for them. That's right. And so of course, please give us a voicemail call, 859-795-4067. That's what helps us with topics. Please, please. Yeah, we didn't have any voicemails, folks. So uh, it's on you to give us some things to talk about next week because next week we're recording two more episodes, right? I believe. Yeah. Are you back next week, Keith? I have to check. I have to look okay. into that. You know, right. I'm a busy man, you know. I guess I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody. And, of course, if you want to, you can become a Plus member and help support this programming over at gspn.tv slash plus. Help us keep going strong in 2009. God bless. We'll talk See to you everybody. later. Thanks. Thanks. Bye.